in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst joke I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this. Stop, stop, stop. Ow! Yeah, I went there, Mike. I went there, motherfucker. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down a spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hello, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name is Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We've been friends for over a decade, and each week we just call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. That is what we do every week. How are you? Without fail. What? How are you? What's new? What's going Ugh, on? Ugh, I'm What's still. I still have the sniffles from this cold. It just. It's been like two weeks. I know. Okay, so do you have Can any? Can I hang out? Joe. <laughs> by by the way, I don't know if it's even worth saying. Like, no, it's it's not worth saying. Um, do you have any stories in, or have you just been kicking it and doing nothing? Well, yeah, I'm light on the stories this week because I literally have been. I'm not even joking. So, for fans of the podcast serial, if you do any sort of reading about it online, people compare it to this eight part documentary on YouTube called The Staircase. Oh, I haven't heard about it. It's like five or six hours long total. Okay. Um, why did I watch the whole thing on Saturday? <laughs> YouTube and... viewing is difficult for me because I don't like sitting at a computer to watch stuff. Oh, it streams to my Apple TV. Oh, you know what? I have YouTube on my Roku. I guess I could do that yeah. too. Uh, and I also watched um, Double Indemnity that day. Okay. And I feel like I watched another movie. Like, I watched... I couldn't... I was just so done. Are you ready to, like, be a lawyer now? Because of all this stuff that you're watching? Oh, I know. Seriously. And now, people... I'm the serial expert. Well, you know what's funny on this serial? And I... You and I have talked about it. I don't know where you stand as of today. But to me, it's just so obvious that Adnan did it. Right? Really? I don't think it's, like, so obvious. And I think that's why it's so popular is, like... It's like a. I think it's really up in the air for a lot of people. I think a lot of people are going back and forth every week. I think because they, they want it to be for dramatic purposes. Sure. But but like, I, I think for that reason, it's not so obvious. Okay. So, My friend wrong. Melissa McQueen texts me the other day, and she goes, are you listening to Serial? And I go, yeah. And she goes, "Who do you, do you think he did it? And I go, yes. And she goes, I do too, but... I also kind of believe this and then tells me the most cockamamie, like, I had heard this theory before. I remember when I read it, I was like, who would ever believe this theory? And she's one of the people who believes a the theory about the serial killer. And oh, uh, yeah, I've read that. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, here's the thing. I would buy into the serial killer thing if Jay didn't Jay. know where the car yep. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So, so she has some bizarro reason how Jay is covering for this guy. That's the same thing with the, like, flasher dude that found the body. Like, that story means, that like, nothing really because Jay. Yeah, but I – look, this is not a serial podcast. Even though – we, we should – might as well tell everybody. Mike and I were going to record – a podcast about the Slate Serial podcast. 
But somebody's already doing it. Somebody's already doing it. Someone so we should record a podcast about that podcast. I know. So it'll be a podcast about a podcast that's about, about a podcast. podcast. I know. Um, you know that there's a podcast out there. I hear it promoted on um, How Did This Get Made called Worst Idea Ever, I believe is the name of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And for a year, every week, they're going to watch the movie Grown Ups 2. Yeah, I've seen that. Is it? Have you listened to it at all? No, not at all. There was also a podcast for a while where this it was two friends and one of them was like obsessed with the band Fish. And it was a weekly podcast where the one friend was trying to talk the other friend into liking the band Fish. And then there was this one podcast where this really loud grating guy. Uh-huh, Joe Patance. It's the one they're listening to. Or three talks to Mike Lawson. Talks to Mike Lawson in San Francisco. Has two or three co-hosts, <laughs> and they just rotate in and out, and they have to sign contracts. You're mean. Uh, Wait, you just said the most horrible things about me. But you're here to defend yourself and make jokes. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> um, what else is happening? What, or what does Adam Vaught think about cereal? Oh, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. You know what? That's a good transition, Mike. Yeah. It's funny, Adam. So listen to this. Now that we do notes on Trello, I can see your notes, so I can keep you on track. Yeah, I know we weren't even talking about. I wasn't even. That would have been a great, brilliant idea for me to slip into that conversation, (laughs) and I didn't even think about it. Yeah. So get this, this Adam Vaught. uh, He he. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. He's in town for Thanksgiving, and we're gonna see each other. And so we're working at the logistics, and he tells me, "Hey." I literally have been binge listening to cereal over the past few days. Which is right? a very common thing. I've heard a lot of people have been doing that over the Thanksgiving holiday. I know. Road Me trips in the airport yes. and all of that. It makes sense. Yeah. He goes, I have a lot of thoughts on this show. He's like, we'll discuss it when you get here. He's like, okay, I have one more episode left. So I, I want I'll listen to the episode before you get here. And I have a lot of thoughts. He goes... I was like, okay. He's like, I don't want to discuss it. He's like, first, but you know, I'm just going to tell you right now. I go over to his house, Mike Lawson, and I go, okay, uh, cereal, your thoughts. And he goes, now, mind, he's listened to nine episodes of this show. He goes, uh, I just realized 10 minutes ago that it's uh, based on a true story. <laughs> no. Yeah. He thought Joey, it was a, no. He thought it was a work of fiction the whole time. I think, like, the very first thing that they say in episode one is, like, this is real. <laughs> he thought that they were all characters. And I was like, wait a minute. And then they just pretend. He like, I, he's like, I don't know. I don't know. So he said, I have to rethink everything that I was thinking because I thought it was a work of fiction. Whoa. How do you get that far? I mean, I listened to, for example, I don't think they're around anymore, but this podcast called The Apple Sisters. Have you ever heard of them? No, they they like are they? they but are, it shook me right down to the core when you said that they're like a 1950s um, girl group. They do like 1950s sort of like songs they sing, mm-hmm. but they do their show as if they were in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And even though like people leave the messages on Facebook and they talk about them, but they're playing characters. Yeah, isn't it the so, same thing with this Rana and Beverly? Yeah, oh, definitely. And also, um, uh, Catching Up? Night Vale or something. Do you oh, know? Oh, Welcome the, to Night Vale, yeah. Like, that's all fake, too. But I could see how maybe you would think, like, oh, this is really well produced. It sounds real. 
But I, I don't know. I. But at the beginning of every show, they say from WBEZ Chicago and This American Life. Yeah. I know. And also, if you think about it as a work of fiction, it's a terrible work of fiction. Like, every episode is like, yeah, well, we don't really know anything. True. That's a good point. Is I could see, like, um, like, again, you know, not to promote this, the staircase on YouTube, but every, this staircase is like a work of fiction, even though that's a real story, too. But, like, there's, there are bigger twists and turns in the staircase than there are in serial i'm surprised that they didn't do the staircase case maybe that's gonna be season two because they are signed up to do season two well i think there's already too much out there people could just totally see what happens but there are a lot of twists and turns in the staircase so maybe that's why they didn't do it joey maybe um cool um that was that's interesting that he thought that Um, oh wait I i think i just accidentally got a story in all right what do you mean well i i'm i'm gonna consider that my first personal story yeah, totally. All right. Yes. Go ahead. Oh, what's going on? What, hap- what happened to you this week, Mike? Wait, I don't get it. Like, I just thought that was just our sort of banter before we get into personal stories. Oh. Um, well, Joey, this last week uh, before Thanksgiving, I was hanging out with Steve, and Steve lives in San Francisco. I think in the last episode, I gave, like, the exact intersection in which he lives, but... Mm-hmm. Well, um, how did he feel about that when you did that? He didn't say anything, so I guess he was fine. He's pretty easygoing. Like, I didn't give out. I mean, he lives in a very busy city. You're not going to find him if you go to the intersection. Uh, but I live in Oakland, which is on the other side of the San Francisco Bay. So when I visit him, I take the BART, the Bay Area Rapid Transit train. And the other day, uh, Tuesday before Thanksgiving, I'm on the, the, the train headed home. And it's late. It's like maybe after 9 p.m. And I'm super tired. I'm like just ready to go home right i needed to go to bed and when i get on the train they announce that there's been some sort of um they called it a major medical emergency at the embarcadero stop which is the the stop right before you go under the bay somebody brought somebody probably brought peanuts onto the place or something uh well somebody committed suicide actually i've learned since so somebody Mm. died so we're not gonna make jokes because joey we don't make jokes about dead people. Um, so basically, well, no, they... apparently we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Who cares about that? No, we we get no complaints about jokes about dead people, <laughs> or patently racist Asian jokes. Those those fly by. Yeah. Um. So Joey, I'm. Uh. They tell us we're not going to stop at Embarcadero. Like the train, sure. the train station is stopped. So get off at the stop before. Otherwise, you're going all the way under the bay, um, all the way to Oakland. So we go through the station, and on the other side of the station, there was a train that was just parked there. And there were like a dozen people in the station, like cops, EMTs, BART employees, that type of thing, like all around the train. I didn't see a dead body or anything, but um, I did learn later on by Googling it that there was somebody who committed suicide on uh, or it could have been an accident, I guess, too. Or um, Frank Underwood was in town or something. But uh-huh. um, that so- part of, I mean, it was shocking. You were making a House of Cars reference. Yes. And um, that part is extremely shocking. But if you ever do like a second or third viewing of that episode, it's so incredibly stupid. Sure. He's like, he's like literally wearing like a black like fedora and like a black trench coat. 
Like dress like a villain. But they have to kind of um, explain. What they talk about getting into the weeds, Joey? But that was my fault. But they have to explain why he's not getting caught on any cameras, right? So they can't see Frank Underwood coming and going from that train station. They have to explain that anyway. But, so Joey, Joey, but Joey, when they Joey, go Joey. like, who was the strange man in the black fedora and the black trench coat? Maybe. Anyway, go um, ahead. So we enter the Transbay Tube, which is the the tunnel, I guess you could call it, that goes under the San Francisco Bay that connects San Francisco to Oakland. And um, we get under the tube, and all of a sudden the train just stops. We, mm-hmm. we don't move. Um, uh, after a few minutes, everyone's kind of like looking around. After a few minutes, and we had just gone through this train station where we knew – like some, they called it a major medical emergency, but all the people in the train station, because everyone was looking, they were all outside of the train, like wrapped around this one area where two of the train cars attached. Mm-hmm. Um, so we knew it was like someone on the tracks. We didn't know. We didn't think like someone had a heart attack and they had to close it down. So we're we're there. After a few minutes, it's like getting a little bit tense, and then this announcement comes on. And it says that because of the stop train on the other side of the track, they're only running a single track through the tube. So things were going to be all delayed, but that meant that uh, it looks like there were two trains facing each other on the track that we were on. So like, if both trains kept going, we would have eventually collided with each other. Oh my god, that would have been so great. So, why is that great? Because then we could just stop doing this show. Joey, you don't have to do this show. That's right, huh? I thought I thought I was set. I thought it was some sort of comical sentence I got in a, in a court. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you go, you um, flash forward to a time where like you're doing, you're um, I'm not here to do the show with you, and I can't see you, but you're like the the ghost of Christmas past is bringing you forward to see what it would be like without me around. Um, and so, it's Joey Boo Hecker. I'm like, no, and I'm like saying that, like, guys, no, that's not true. And no one can hear me. We have this show where like nothing racist gets said, and like everyone likes us. And I said Joey Boo Hecker was on the show. Oh, you're right. <laughs> so we get this announcement that because of the other car, we're waiting for them to back up, and we we sat under the bay, underwater, under the bay. For 20 minutes, Joey, we were there for 20 minutes. And some people were getting it really anxious. I think I was fine, but it sucked because I was standing up and reception is really spotty under there. Um, So I posted on my Facebook like, uh, oh, I'm stuck under the bay or something like that. And my mom sent me a text message. So concerned, Joey. Like I was in the Twin Towers, like sending one last message and I posted to Facebook. She was like, is everything okay?" And like needed a an update as soon as I got out and everything but we were fine. I could see you getting really anxious in this situation. How would you how would you react if you were stuck under the bay? I think I would get I'd get mildly claustrophobic cuz it is weird that you're underwater. How far under like how far under how the sea, the sea floor are you? I have no idea, but I think that the the uh fact of the matter like regardless of how deep you are like you're screwed if like water starts gushing in there Ugh. do you know what i mean you're just fucked did you get anxious at all? i think i'd be i think i would start getting anxious i'd start getting antsy you know um one day i was in a, a recently it's happened to me a couple of times at the magic castle recently and at uh, a, a performance that i went to recently where i get these uh pan like a my well i said maybe they're kind of severe panic attacks 
where I feel like I have to get out. Um, but I, I'm able to calm myself down and do some breathing techniques. But yeah, I'd probably get one of those panic attacks. And I just have to like focus. Yeah, I wasn't too like anxious. I was just kind of tired and wanted to go. And there was, I mean, you were, it's, I was just stuck. That's what sucked is I like, I couldn't decide to like, I'm just going to take a cab. Like I'm stuck, you know? So what else is happening in LA? Do you have any other news stories? New, and we're not doing news. Um, but you're right. The Joey, you were like, I'm so light on the personal stories. You have four of them in here. We only well, do two each. Because you have four. I, I was stretching. They're all stretched stories. Okay. Uh, like for instance, you know, I know you were alone on Thanksgiving crying, but uh, I had I had Thanksgiving with my family, right? But here's the thing: it wasn't a super interesting Thanksgiving. It was a very run-of-the-mill Thanksgiving. The only thing I will say, my grandma's in her 80s. My grandma just, my grandmother just in general has always been one of those fucking just tell people how it is, people anyway. But now she's in her 80s and it's just even worse. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what was going on, but I was in the kitchen and I just heard my mom say like, not my grandma, my mom, I'm sorry. I just heard my grandmother say, well, don't come after me. You should go after Joe. He has bigger boobs than I do. And what? I was like, yeah. I was like, how am I getting thrown under the bus? I'm not even there. My grandmother's saying I have bigger boobs than she does. I don't even get it. Wait, you just overheard it, you said? Yeah, I just heard overheard her part. That's so weird. I know. Did you say anything? I was like, what? But no one ever responded to me. Okay, these are stretch stories. What else do you got? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Tell me another story. I went to dinner at Chris and Mercedes' house on Friday. <laughs> cool story, Joe. <laughs> I know. What happened? We had dinner. Is that really it, Joey? Well, I was only going to go to this story if I really had to, but like, um, I really shouldn't tell this story. We should just have a podcast where we start telling stories and say, but I I shouldn't tell you about it. I met a really weird person, but uh, I don't want to get into it. I'm look, I've been sick. I haven't really left the house. And so like, unless you want to hear stories about like, oh my God, did you hear what Roger and Ricky were talking about the other day on foul monkeys? Um, Joey, my speaking of home and everything, my roommate slash slumlord uh, is this dude named Ricardo. He owns his house. Um, he also lives here. We've talked about him in the past. And he's Chinese, and his second language is English. <coughs> and uh, we occasionally have trouble understanding one another, but for the most part, we communicate pretty well. But, um, like, for example, the other day, he was feeling kind of sick. So when I saw him in the kitchen... I said, how's your health, Ricardo? And he responded, all done. What? And I like, yeah, for a second I like sat and like thought about it. I think he, like what he heard me say, not what I said, but what he heard was, how is your sickness? Right? And so he's saying like all done. I think that would have been an appropriate answer. But we kind of have like weird kind of mix-ups like that. Um, But his English is pretty good. Uh, But right after I moved in here, or actually – I think a little bit before, like the first time I met them and we were arranging like to get the lease signed and everything. He texted me and he spelled my name M I K. Mm -hmm. 
but he says my name right. He says Mike. No problem. Could have been a typo. Could have been a misspelling. I wasn't worried about it. And I signed my lease. I pay him with a check every month. But on all of those things, my name is Michael. It's not Mike. Okay. So maybe he doesn't know how to spell Mike. Not a big deal. But I would like to say that in the past, I have been critical. When your mother was with child? I have been pitiful. <laughs> I have been critical of people that get upset when their name is misspelled or mispronounced. For example, I mean, I was a barista for a while, so I remember I remember people getting really upset that we would spell Sarah S A R A and we would leave out an H. Uh, those people need to be those people need yeah. to stop. Yeah, that's I feel the same way. I'm like, you're dumb. Like you are Just overreacting. Get over it. It's, it's, it's not of, like I spelled the wrong. They're name. gonna throw it away. In I think. I didn't call you Samantha. I called you the same name. I just spelled it without an H, right? I'm I'm with you. But I think, Joey, that you and I have a similar experience with this because nobody ever spells my name wrong, ever. And I feel like nobody ever spells Joe incorrectly, Mm -hmm. right? Nobody ever struggles to pronounce our names either. No. Everyone always knows. So this past week, he was text messaging me about a favor that he needed when he was out of town for Thanksgiving. And he spelled it Mick again, M-I-K. And, like, I almost lost it. I was, like, ready to tell him how to spell my name correctly. But then I was like, oh, I'm going to be like the Sarah lady. What oh, difference what? does it make? I know he knows my name. It's, but for some reason, it was getting under my skin. Couldn't you just, like, somehow, like, go, like, hey, Ricardo, it's Mike. Just wanting to know if that favor came in. Love, yeah. Mike. Yeah. I get. I could. Sh- uh, that's what he I'm gonna corrects try to you to do. <laughs> Who's it's, Mike? <laughs> he's, he's, it's spelled M I K. But now I sympathize for people that lose it when their name is misspelled or not pronounced properly. I do know, like some people who have like crazy, ridiculous spellings, and then they get upset when somebody struggles. I don't. I don't think that that makes sense. But I do understand like how it could be annoying, just because. I mean, this is like the most easy. I know this guy knows my name. It's not even a big deal, but it kind of just irks me a little bit. Let me so. try this personal story. I think I got one. Cameron works at this uh, wannabe fancy restaurant in Costa Mesa. And he's been bugging me to come in. Right. So when I saw Adam Vaught, he, Adam Vaught and I went into this restaurant. Okay. Uh-huh. And we go there. It's actually a really nice place. You know, Be- is it called Beaumont? No, no. Oh. Beaumont was when I went with my brother to go pick up a, a a piece of furniture that he bought in Beaumont over there by Moreno Valley. So we drove out there all the way to like Moreno Valley. Nothing happened. Literally nothing. We went. I'll, I'll tell you, my brother and I went out there. We picked up the piece of furniture and we came back. I'm telling you, those I did nothing. I was sick. So anyway. But I did go the night before Thanksgiving. I did go out and um, I went to this restaurant with uh, Adam Vaught and Cameron was working. And we ordered some food. And Mike Lawson, this food was so mediocre, right? But Cameron had been raving to me how, oh, this food is amazing. People come in, they can't stop talking about how the food is. Is it expensive? It's expensive, yes. And he goes, oh, they just love this food, man. It's great to finally have great food in Orange County. Mike, it was so whatever food, right? Mm-hmm. So I kept avoiding Cameron. Well, not avoiding him, but more like trying to change the subject whenever he tried to bring up what I thought of the food. But then I finally couldn't anymore. 
And so he goes, what did you think? What did you think? Just tell me right now, Joe, what did you think? And I was like, well, I wanted to keep things positive, right? Because I've been accused of shitting on things in the past by certain people. Yeah. Well, the napkins were so nice. It was cooked to the right temperature. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And Uh now I haven't really spoken to him since. We talked a little bit about it later. You don't think that. No, I don't think he's mad at me. Okay. Um, but I'm like, I feel bad. Like, what do you, what would you do in that situation? Like, have you been in that situation? What do you do? Yeah. I've been asked like my opinion when giving a negative review of something isn't helpful, if that makes sense. So like somebody will show me like a piece of art that they do and I could be like, Oh, I don't like this. This This is not you know, this is ugly to me or this is not, I would not put this up in my house or something like that. But I, I think that it makes sense to just kind of like try to pick out a positive. Um, if they were asking you your opinion because they needed, like he, he has nothing to lose. No, by telling he, him you he don't doesn't like cook it. the food. He's not the chef. He just, yeah. you could have just said the truth. Like, you know what? I, did, I it did. didn't do it for me. I did. He, he said, tell me I didn't order right. Well, it's your fault. <laughs> I know, but I feel badly because that was a problem I had with somebody else. And There are times, though, when, like, someone, like, giving really negative criticism is not helpful. Like, um, I don't know, somebody already sent off a resume and you notice misspellings or something. Like, I, well, that actually could be helpful to tell them so they don't send it out again. But, like, being highly critical of something that they can't change anymore, I sometimes just bite my tongue and let it pass. Yeah, actually, if people give me something to read, unless they specifically ask for my opinion, I don't give it. Like, there's somebody I know who wrote something. Yeah. And he said, hey, why don't you read this? And I read it, and I had problems with it. But he never asked me my opinion, so I never offered it. That says more than saying your opinion, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Because you're not even getting the chance to say what you did like about it. Mm. If you knew this person, I don't think this person cared. But do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, you so can't in even most like cases, point out some of the good stuff. In most cases, I agree with you. With this person, I, I this person would have asked me if this person cared for my opinion. Yeah, especially with like written work. I mean, like that's so highly personal, and yeah, it's so easy to like get caught up in your head, and you're like, oh god, he doesn't want to talk to me because it's so bad or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, go ahead. Uh, what do you want to know? Oh, yeah. What's going on in the Bay Area? Any news? What's the tea? What's what's this happening in the Bay Area? Well, um, this will be a really short episode. Thank God. Uh, Joey, huge protests have been taking place in Oakland. What fairly, happened? Fairly close to my house, actually. <laughs> um, I'm sure you've heard about this. I'm sure everyone listening has as well. And I have some I have some questions for you that I don't sure. I don't really want to get into like the whole Ferguson thing. I think, but. Let me backtrack. Thousands of protesters have been demonstrating in downtown Oakland, and there was a big traffic snarling march on the I-580 freeway on Monday. Uh, The protesters, as everybody probably knows, uh, came out in force following the grand jury decision in Missouri not to indict the police officer Darren Wilson, who was involved in the shooting death of an unarmed 18-year-old named Michael Brown. So, I think, Joey, you and I are on similar pages about the actual Ferguson issues, and I I think we might be better to- off talking about some other things than 
that. I think that there are a lot oh, you of know, smart... People don't tune into this show to listen to what you and I think about a complicated um, mm, racial I, issue. I think that there's smarter and blacker people that are talking about that and they should have that conversation. I think the discussion is an important one, but I don't know that you and I talking about it is going to do a lot of good. However, uh, a couple things I'll point out. Well, first, uh, the shooting of unarmed civilians by law enforcement is kind of a touchy subject here in Oakland. Um, like five years ago, um, you might have heard the story about Oscar Grant, which was made into that movie Fruitvale last year. So there, um, that it's kind of a touchy subject here. And I think that among other things, that's one reason protests are here. I think there's a, a really large African-American community as well, but yeah, people um, expect usually people in the Bay area don't get mad about anything. So this is very surprising that they're worked up about an important issue. Mm, name another issue that like that isn't um, race related. Okay. No, hold on. Let me Bat finish Boy? my sentence. Can I finish a sentence? <laughs> name another protest, an issue that has been protested at large that isn't related to race in Bat this Boy? area. That wasn't protested at large. Tell me once when they demonstrated. Tell me when more than f- two people... Harvey Milk, no, they didn't name the airport door after him. Name me, name one incident where more than two people got together to protest that. People the get time, angry here, but they like write emails and comment on the San Francisco Chronicles website. That's what they do when they're angry here. I, I think there's not a lot of things that are not race related that get this much, get people heated this much. But Joey, uh, my day to day hasn't been uh, disrupted very much. I mean, I live kind of in the the area of the epicenter but like i see helicopters i hear the sirens whatever but i don't do tons of business business in downtown oakland in the evening so um but i do have friends and i would call them sympathetic i would call them very politically progressive people that have complained about how these demonstrations are making their lives harder so like traffic, of course, with shutting down a freeway or over Thanksgiving, uh, there was a demonstration at the West Oakland BART station. So trains couldn't get from Oakland, from my side of the bay into San Francisco. And then there's been like some vandalism, not too much actually, but Starbucks was broken into that sort of thing. So my question is, what do you think about, like, where does the line draw when protesters are allowed to protest, but, um, what do you think about the right of protesters to protest, but also like the right of everyone else's lives not to get disrupted? Where's that line? Well, it gets tricky because you have, and I, I don't know enough about the Oakland cases. So I'm actually have to go to like Ferguson. Okay. Sure. The problem where it, where it comes a problem is you have legitimate protesters who want to be heard. And who want to either um, demonstrate some sort of act of civil disobedience or they just want to um, use their First Amendment right to express their dismay at this decision, right? Right. But then what happens is you have a bunch of hooligans who take advantage of this and then they do terrible things and they're sort of mixed in with that, right? And they do things in the name of these noble protesters or demonstrators, right? And so if if it's something you're doing with an act that is – but then how do you determine this? But if, if you can just say like, okay, well, they're, they're, they're being genuine. They're being real here. Then I don't have a problem with it. But then you have these hooligans and these ruffians 
who are going about just doing drama just for the sake of doing drama and causing wreaking havoc and mischief. I don't like it. And I think they should be arrested. Well, I think that um, we agree. Like, I think that a, a protester is different than a looter. Um, and that's not really the question that I have. But like, if protesters, and that's what they were, the people who shut down the freeway were protesters. The people that shut down a BART station and weren't allowing trains to get across the bay, those were protesters. Like, is that fair game? Like, is that that's going to be uncomfortable for other people? It's going to be inconvenient. And their argument is that justice is going to be inconvenient, that black people have been inconvenienced for a long time. Like, they can't walk down the street in the same way that other people can. And so... Yes, it's inconvenient and it's discomforting for all of us, but like, so is racism. That's for a them. tricky, it's a tricky subject because I actually think, from just a PR perspective, I think it turns people off to your message rather than on. However, that being said, um, I will say in my family, my family, for being a Mexican family, is pretty accepting of gay people, and a lot of it has to do with. My cousin Richard, he's a week younger than I am, and he's gay. And when we were very young, like maybe 19 or 20, he was like, I am fucking gay, and you guys have to deal with it, and would like literally bring guys to family parties and dance with them, like at in front of like his grandmother, you know, and hold hands, and they people would find him making out with guys and just doing these crazy things. And at the time, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy, right? Like, why is he doing this? But because of the actions he did, it made it easier for people like myself, my cousin Mark, uh, other gay cousins I don't care about. Oh, Stephanie. I like Stephanie. It would made it easier for them to come yeah. out of the closet and not be harassed because essentially people were like, ugh, at least they're not Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that's the case, too, though, that is made a lot of times in why people need to come out of the closet and not aggressively um, to make a point or anything like that, but just to normalize it. So, like, you know, those there are homophobic people that probably go to the hair salon and get their hair done by a dude all the time. And you know what I mean? Like, she loves the guy, but she doesn't know that he's gay. So knowing that this guy that she has a relationship with might turn her opinion a little bit anderson cooper like i think you and i were like of course he's gay i've seen the pictures on perez hilton i know i even know what kind of guy he likes to date but my mom was just, like shocked when he came out of the closet I'm gonna she tell was you shocked something. i saw this uh behind the candelabra right and i'm talking to these people we had seen it together and they were like um uh how, all these people in the 70s are so retarded. How do they not know that he was gay? You know, how do they not know that Liberace was gay? He was so gay. And I was like, I know. It's like these all these idiots who think that uh, Barry Manilow is straight. And they were like, Barry Manilow is not gay. <laughs> and I was like, yes, he is. Like, he yeah. has a, like a, long, like a 40-year-old, not 40-year-old, but like a 40-year-long relationship with like a guy. They live in Palm Springs. Right. And they're like, no, he's not. He's never said he's gay. And I'm like, well, now you know I know one thought Liberace was gay. Yeah. There you, you go. Know There's exactly your answer. Why. Yeah. You would be surprised how many but people think, will fight you on this. I think coming out um, and like being open about it helps normalize that. But um, the I was talking about rioting in Oakland. How the fuck did we get here? 
It, it always comes back to gay. And you and your family. Yeah. This is, it's going to be the name of my new podcast. It always comes back to gay. Um, what else? Any other news stories or any news stories at all from L.A. that you want to talk about? Yes, Mike Lawson. An L.A. man is drinking 10 cans of Coke a day for a month. Okay. Which, which sounds sort of interesting. But then did you read the article at all? This guy, George Pryor, he's been drinking 10 cans of Coca-Cola every day to prove a point that it's bad for you. Okay. Okay. This is like the the problem with the supersize me bullshit. Like that was a really good movie. Thank you, Morgan Spurlock. But not everyone has to do it for everything. Well, you know what's funny? I actually kind of want to do just for my own personal, my friends, like an opposite of supersize me. Because you know, I've been I've been trying to lose weight, Mike Lawson. And one of the things that you know, I watch my calories, and sometimes it just ha- I mean, you just can't control life all the time, right? And I will am out, and I I will realize, oh my god, I have not eaten lunch, right? And I'm gonna be, let's say, and I'm gonna be tutoring somebody for three hours or something, right? I better eat something. I'll be honest with you, McDonald's is a great choice, and I know that sounds weird, but hear me out. McDonald's is one of the largest corporations in the world, okay, and so they strive for consistency, okay. So when they say, and by the way, that's another thing too, because it's a large corporation, the nutritional facts are on the wall at every McDonald's. You can go to McDonald's and you'll know exactly what you're getting. And you know that it's yeah. because the large corporation, you know it's accurate because they're telling you the buns must weigh exactly this amount. The burgers weigh this exact amount. You put exactly this amount of ketchup. You know, everything is so down to every detail at McDonald's. So when you order a cheeseburger and they say it's 290 calories, which that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. 290 calories. Sure. You know, and then the other day um, on Thanksgiving, I was, in the, I, was, I was in the weed, so to speak, of cooking. And my parents went to McDonald's. And they're, do you want anything? And I said, yeah, get yeah. me. They were like, Joe's cooking. Let's go get some McDonald's real quick. <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> they were like, oh, well, yeah, get me one of them egg white deluxe sandwiches or whatever and a, and a yogurt parfait. Okay. It was 400 calories. And I knew that was exactly 400 calories. So I was like, I wonder if you if you made healthy choices at McDonald's, if you could lose weight. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's small. The input needs to be smaller than the output, right? Yeah. So like that's that's it. Which it, I it have really to give you. Simple. I have to give you, you know, I, as of today, I've lost about 40 pounds, Mike Lawson. Nice. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of it has to do with you. I'm going to thank you right here on the air. Because uh, you just uh, look at my Facebook photos and it makes you vomit? No. Because Why? on Big this show. Test? No. Ugh, no. Maybe gain weight. <laughs> on, on this show. <laughs> Me too. Uh, you recommended the hacker's diet. Yeah. And that's what I've been sort of following. Oh, cool. Um, I've been. So I've kind of been tooling around with it. I don't know that the full on hacker's diet is my thing, but like at least being a little bit more aware. Well, I use the online resources. It is very yeah. psychologically valuable. Google F- Hacker's Diet yeah, to find it. It's it. like it's a stupid u- URL, so I can't even give you a good don't URL. Don't you think but... that they could update it a little bit or make it an iPhone app? Yeah, I don't think anybody's touched it like since 2007. I think it's like oh, really out of date. I think like, yeah, he's like, hey, everybody, we have a, a, a program for the Palm Pilot. Yeah, 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 like, yeah it's what? old. But like... It makes sense. It's really super basic. All you do is eat less than you 
uh, eat fewer calories than you burn every day. You know, I feel really badly. On this very show, I told a story about young Master Shane who went with me. <laughs> I remember that story. Now that you're saying it, I totally remember this. We went to <laughs> dinner with Mercedes and a couple other friends. And we were all talking about the latest diets and food fads. And Shane had been in a fucking nutrition class for like a week. And he goes, he's talking. We're talking. And he goes, guys, guys, guys. I've been in this nutrition class for a week. It's very simple. You just eat fewer calories than you burn. And you and made we, fun of him because you were like, yeah. oh, look at you, Smarty. Oh, look at you, Jack LaLanne. Yeah. Just solved the world's biggest uh-huh. problem. Uh-huh. Look at you. Oh, Susan Powder here. Yeah. <laughs> Write a book, Shane. Yeah. Thanks, Richard Simmons. <laughs> but he's right. Like, really, it is That's that easy. basically what I'm doing. Yeah. Um. Cool. So I have you and Shane to thank. I would never think I would ever thank you two for anything. <laughs> what else is going on in the Bay Area? Well, real quick, before you do that, I'm going to start. I've started to stop eating after 6 p.m. I know Oprah does it. I know a lot of other people that that's kind of like a thing. And I, it's really hard for me because I feel like I probably eat like 50% of my calories like dinner and later. I eat a lot in the evening. I rarely eat breakfast. My lunch is never like super huge. So that's this is gonna be my new um that's I just what don't I'm eat carbs do. after like four. It's hard. But what you eat no carbs for dinner? Or you no. eat dinner at four? No. Well, it's tricky. Like I'll have vegetables and I'll just have some carbs. I'm really talking about like breads and starches. Sure. I won't have those after four. I'm going to do – I do tea, um, and I'm going to try to start doing some tea in the evening too, which is helpful, I think. But mm-hmm. that's my thing. That's where I'm at. Have you ever tried Spoon Rocket? Do you guys have Spoon Rocket in L.A.? No. What is that? Maybe we do, but I don't know what it is. Um, It's really good. I think it would be so much nicer if there were, like, better options. But there's an iPhone app. It's also a website, SpoonRocket.com. I know it's not in every city. You know what? It might even only be San Francisco, East Bay. I'm not sure. But I'm looking it up. You – Type in your address. You pick a meal. They have like three meals a day. That's it. And they have like a bunch of cars in the city. And the cars, when you buy the meal, the car, the closest car to you just stops and gives you the food at your curbside. Oh, no, they don't have it here. But that would be tough to do in L.A. Yeah, because L.A. is so like big and spread, spread out. out. Yeah, It's true, actually. Um, but it's super nice. And so I just had a salmon salad today from Spoon Rocket. Um, Was it good? Yeah, it's delicious, but like I I don't know how they'll do. Like sometimes they'll have like chicken breast with mashed potatoes or pasta. I don't know that because it sits in the car for a little bit. Do you know what I mean? So I don't mm-hmm. know how good that'll be, but um, I'm loving it. So, um, Joey, uh, I have another. Are you gonna story. work in other food slogans? There's another story about Bart that I want to tell you about. Oh, yeah? Um, some people in San Francisco, I know this is weird, they're angry about something. Um, about 440,000 people ride the Bart on average. Wait, I want to stop you for a second. Day. Why do you do this every time? Why is there always like a, a trick story? What do you mean? That's not the trick. story you have on uh, the Trello. Oh, because there was the one... <laughs> Because there's a story about a woman. Do the story. No, no, no. 
I have a better one. I, I like the one on the Trello. Okay, let me change the Trello real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing this story. Okay. So, All right, don't, uh, don't change the Trello. About 440,000 people ride the BART on an average weekday. Mm-hmm. So it's getting kind of busy. It's uh, BART traffic has increased about 12% over the last year. So this uptake has created a phenomenon that some people are calling upstreaming. And some transit snobs are super pissed about this. So certain BART stations near kind of like near the financial di- district and some other bigger office buildings are the absolute busiest. So the Embarcadero and Montgomery stops during rush hour are packed and people have started hopping on trains going in the opposite direction of their destination and then riding back a few stops then getting off the train walking across a platform and boarding the train that's going to take them home in they're doing that in the unbusy BART station so that they could get a seat so some transit riders are pissed about this and it's actually has this much time yeah, but the trains are, like, so packed. Like, you could potentially, a train could pull in, and you could not get on it because it's so busy. So it's like, who has so much time to sit and wait for the next train, too? Have you ever seen those Japanese videos where they have people who, like, just use their foot to, like, shove you in? Yeah. <laughs> um, so the people that are getting pissed about this, Joey, though, it's not the people that you might guess. It's on transit blogs, the people that are complaining about it are the ones that have been doing this technique for years upstreaming and as more and more people are starting to ride upstream it's getting harder for them to grab a seat at just one or two stops up they have to go more up to get a good seat Mm -hmm. so this is what happens when you increase the number of riders but not the capacity of like the full system so they're not adding more trains or anything so i don't know what do you think about this is this gaming the system is this just common sense if if you really my opinion, like, if you really need a seat, like, you can't sit down, you can't, I mean, you can't stand up for whatever reason, or you just don't want to stand up, and you go out of your own way to do it, that's your own thing. I don't know. To me, it's a bunch of yahoos fighting with a bunch of yahoos. Like, you have these wacky people who have nothing better to do than to go through all these machinations to try and get a seat. And well, then you're you have- from L.A., so you're just like, everyone should just get a Hummer and drive their car on the freeway. And yeah, do it that and just way. burn dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, exactly how I feel. But I think up here, everyone, like, is trying to, like, ride public transit. That's like... Yeah, but then just deal with it and just ride like a normal person. Like, why are you going upstream? That's the, you can't okay. ride as a normal person. You're squeezed in and you're okay. like... Your crotch uh, is pressed up against some but this other is what I'm person's saying. crotch. Oh, wait. I actually would pay for that. But that's what I'm saying. Okay. So then you're, you're as a person, I really need a seat. So I'm going to go upstream. Right? Yeah. Who gives a shit? Why, who's caring? Like, the, the, ugh. Like, it, it, it really is to me. And this is what often when you tell me a story about people being upset in the Bay Area. Such fucking first world problems. Did you know that some woman died? Like... In Russia or somewhere or England or I don't know, Germany, because she was like helping somebody do something. And I was like, that's a real problem. Right. Like the people are mad because they, ugh, the Bay Area well, Joey, needs to I'm get not a supposed grip. to tell you stories about what happened in London and no, England know, or whatever. I know, whatever. I know, I like, know, I know. I'm not I'm saying that you, I'm not, that no, I'm not criticizing you telling me the story. I'm criticizing the people who get upset about this. Like, 
Yeah, but they might be upset about what's happening in London or England or wherever you don't remember. Like, they could be upset about that, too. No, like, I understand that. We have the capacity that, to be upset but, about different things. But, like, if they're getting upset where it's like they're writing a story about it, then, the, the, like, what? Like, you understand, yeah, but it's like, on a transit blog. Like, here's that's, the deal. Are you saying the transit blog is the problem? That there's a blog No, about... no. It's, like, it's just, you give, everyone's just getting so involved in these little Should things. they be writing about the woman who got died in Le- London or England or whatever on the transit blog? Is that your problem? No, I don't, under, I don't understand why they I, wrote I have, about I have a, a transit-related issue problem. on a transit. I don't have a problem blog. with the story. I have a problem that there's people who are so upset about not getting to see that they're doing through all these about thi- their daily commute, something yeah. that they do every day. Yeah, how dare yes. they think about it when there's somebody getting killed in? London so you're on the side of people who go upstream. No, I'm not on the side of your anger over it. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm saying like, why are this is such? It, it's such a dumb issue on both sides. Like, like focus on real problems. Well, just somebody, this is their day-to-day. Like, it is their problem. It is a problem. Look, as you and I both know. Let, you know what? You're right. Let's talk about real problems like the heat in some Asian girl's kitchen that you had to sit in for an hour and a half. Because that's a real problem. Asian girl's kitchen? Yeah, it was too hot for you in their kitchen, and they were cooking cookies or something. Oh, that, that was so hot. That's that right? is a, that's a really, see? That's, a, <laughs> that's that, your day-to-day, so that's, a, your, that's a, a problem for it's you. It's a global issue. <laughs> Look, as you and I know, uh, people, like the story you just told, get upset about very stupid, stupid things. Yeah. Okay. Mike, um, a man attacked an elderly woman feeding pigeons at UN Plaza. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. An 89-year-old woman is suffering a head injury after she was attacked while feeding pigeons. At UN Plaza yesterday afternoon, uh, according to police reports, the woman was feeding the birds when a man in his 40s approached her and told her to stop. When she kept feeding the birds, he pushed her to the ground and she hit her head and the guy fled the scene, um, people said. I hope they find him. I hope justice is served. (laughs) Well, you know, do you think that this woman... Who's feeding the pigeons? And what was she doing? She's not bothering anybody. Why is he so upset about this? I plead the fifth. <laughs> I hate you. Why is he so like just look, the birds need to eat. Early each day at the steps of St. Paul, the little old bird woman comes. That's all, I, that's all I remember the words. You know, um, you know what song that is? No. Feed the birds. Tuppence a bag. Do you um? Tuppence. Do you know that Walt Disney says that was his favorite song? Uh-huh. I do know that. Do you have um any opinions of the bird, the pigeon feeding woman? Um, Do I have an opinion? Well, I... But he... <laughs> Uh, uh, this is gonna be, I'm just gonna record me doing this, okay? Say, but I, but it the woman that it's but look, she's feeding the pigeon. Why does this guy have a problem with this woman? She's just trying to go about her day at the UN Plaza and feeding pigeons. Why would he? And there are people with real problems, Joe. Yes. Why are I we agree. writing about this pigeon? This woman no, who got attacked. I don't care that they when there was a woman who story. died in London or England. I don't care or... about they write about the story. <laughs> I don't care that you told the story. I am mad at the people who are fighting with each other. It's like two, It's like my nieces. 
you know. Um, Wait, why are you not mad at the guy who attacked the woman feeding pigeons? I well, no, he does have a problem. Why is he? He's feeding? mad at that somebody's feeding pigeons and he get, attacks a woman. He asks her to stop and she doesn't, and so he attacks her. Why are you not mad at that guy? I am mad at that guy. I am. I am gonna create memes and put them on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> about this guy. No one ever should uh, should say anything or do anything bad towards bird lovers. Now you're just being a dick. <laughs> like you went through this whole story with like real opinions, and now you're just being a dick. You revealed your you showed your hand, but that's all you were doing. <coughs> um, what else, Joey? Anything in Echo Park you want to talk about? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, talking about people who have stupid fights. So this Echo Park woman is woman. I don't know if it's a woman. I, I don't know why. I'm assuming it's a woman. But an artist in Echo Park put these signs up asking for cardboard boxes that she wanted to use them to make some sort of L- uh, LED lights or something like that. Uh, and uh, she was going to – could people please donate these cardboard boxes? And she was going to – they're going to be installed in the neighborhood for everyone to enjoy until a velociraptor destroys it and will be documented in a book being released this fall forever. Or as long as tangible matter lasts on this planet. It's a flyer looking for cardboard boxes for some sort of art installation she wants to do. Now, I actually, this is a case where I'm thinking it was a slow news day and the uh, LA Weekly, oh no, I'm sorry, it was LAist, had nothing to write about. Because then they write about how somebody else put up a sign, right? And the sign read, I would prefer, oh, the sign said that they were looking for um, art to destroy, and the sign read, I would prefer if the artwork is colorful and fun and creative with LEDs that are easy to dismantle. It will be burned outside my home in the neighborhood for everyone I invite to enjoy and take pictures to put on Instagram, which you can like forever or as long as the memories and pictures last on the planet's internet. And you didn't mention this, the sign that he put up saying that he's going to destroy it was identical to her sign. <laughs> it looks identical to her sign. Yeah. And it, I think he put, did he put it right next to her sign? It must be like some sort of template that he recognized because it's like identical. <laughs> it is identical. But the LA is a sort of tree, like a real story, do you think? Yeah, I don't, Joey, I don't know why. I mean, some people have real problems. I agree. Like, they're sitting here talking about how they're going to destroy someone's art. Did you know some lady died in London or England or somewhere because uh-huh. she was trying to help people? Yeah. Yeah. Why are we, we – Why sh- these people should all die. I didn't want to tell you this. then we will talk about That's them. what the art installation was to honor her. <laughs> <laughs> you know they always put shitty art to like in memory of somebody? Like I yeah. just saw like on Reddit someone put like, hey, guys, did you know Russia – gave us a monument for two, for 9-11 and they showed the monument did you know this there's a monument from russia to 9-11 in new york no yeah it's it's ugly i would send it right down it's bigger tragedy than 9-11 that they put up joe, a monument. no joe <laughs> <laughs> it is not a bigger tragedy than 9-11 yeah <laughs> i'm gonna fly a plane into the monument joe no you can't say that we have to believe that out, or we're no, gonna, like, Mike. That's the what. No one will I say anything need, about that. Here, I know that people won't say it, but the government's gonna tap my phone now. Here, I'm gonna cause controversy right now. I don't like uh, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> now we're gonna get uh, a bunch of complaints. 
And anyone who watches The Big Bang Theory regularly is a terrible person and should go to jail. Um, any other news stories, Mike? Nope, that's it. I love how I was thinking today. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a short episode. Long. Eh. What do you got going on next week, Joey? Oh, um, well, I'm starting therapy again, but it's not oh, a bad... hooray. Well, it's because... Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I, I lost a tremendous amount of weight before. Mm-hmm. I'm not at the tremendous amount of weight yet, but I'm anticipating that I will be. And... I remember it was actually very, very traumatizing for me. It was something I didn't realize, and it sounds crazy. But, yeah. you know, when you're a fat person, you're used to your body size or your weight uh, sort of being, like, invisible. Like, no one ever, no one brings it up, and you never talk about it. And then all of a sudden, you lose a tremendous amount of weight, and all everybody wants to do is look at your body and mm. talk about it. So even though it's compliments, it's reminding you that you were fat. Sort of, yeah. It's just if you're just not used to it, it's very uncomfortable, you know. And so uh, I want to be in therapy to prepare for that. Not not going to go every week or anything. it's probably like once. Is a this one on one? It's not the group. Yeah, it's one on one. It's one on one, not okay. the group. Uh, I also have a birthday party to go to, uh, and then uh, I have a friend visiting, and I'm going to have some really good stories after we hang out. Um, Joey, I have this big meeting in the city on Thursday. Um, a bunch of people who I do like business with all year coming to san francisco so i'll be hosting them here on thursday and then i'm just like wrapping up big blue test stuff i don't have a lot of exciting stuff going on and i'm okay with that um just with the past few weeks by the way i guess now would be a decent time to mention like we hit the big blue test goal um 35 over thirty-five thousand entries so $35,000 was raised for diabetes-related charities. So I know a lot of people listening to this uh, have helped us get to that goal. So everyone who talked about it on social media or encouraged other people to do it or did it themselves, thank you so much. All right, go to hell, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid. <laughs>